podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams. Niche nonsense. Or surprisingly brilliant. You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish football podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. Well, nice one, Smudgers. We're back again for a little Yeah, chat. we're back. Another podcast completed. Beautiful podcast. Gareth Dobson, our guest today. We've had him on a few times. He's always good, isn't he? He's always good, particularly on Spurs. Yeah, he's great. He's great. He's very considered, very thoughtful. Uh, always appreciate his input. Can you hear my dog barking? No, I cannot. Dogs bark anyway. Presumably something good's happened in the football. Um, <laughs> well trained. Yeah, really, really well trained. Uh, today, what did we talk about? We talked about Spurs, as I say. We also talk a bit about shithousery. Shithousery, yeah. shithousery. How would you define shithousery, Martin? Uh, just kind of gamesmanship, seeking an advantage in a way that is uh, quite disrespectful to your opponents. That is a fantastic definition. Thanks, mate. I wasn't expecting it to be so eloquent. <laughs> We've got a minute to film now. I thought you were going to be, you're going to be murmuring we, through it. We talk a bit about Grealish and where he might end up. Yes, we do. Love Grealish. Love everything he stands for, apart from his uh, breaking of COVID law. Yeah. <laughs> lovely, lovely stuff. Uh, we... yeah, right. Well, if you like it, subscribe to it and uh, follow us on Twitter at Football Podcast. Uh, if you don't like it, quite frankly, I don't care. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Whistleblowers Podcast. Uh, I am Mark Smith. I'm here as ever with Big Daddy Grits, Martin Gritton. You right, pal? Hello, Smudgeo. Nice to see you here, yeah, I should say. Yeah, you can't see me. Let's not lie to the listeners straight away. Uh, and we are joined, as we have been quite a few times recently, a uh, friend of the show, all-around good egg, Spurs fan, Gareth Dobson. Gareth Dobson, how are you? I am good, thank you. I'm enjoying watching football every day. Yeah, non-stop. Apart from Friday. Yeah, Friday, was... the day of rest. Who'd have thought? Just not right. No, but there's still some foreign football on. Some yeah. foreign muck. Hey, Grits. <laughs> um, let's, let's crack on. There's lots to talk about today. Um, Gareth, you're a Spurs fan, so I think it is only fair that we start with your team. Um, now, you beat Everton. We're recording on a, a Tuesday night. Um, it's just gone half time in the games tonight. Uh, but your team played last night against Everton at home, uh, and you won one nil, and it was you know perfectly good result on paper. But I found that to be one of the more depressing games that I've ever seen a Jose team play, despite the three points. As a Spurs fan, do you see any positives in Jose? First of all, taking over, uh, but more so in staying on. Like, what what's the point? Or are you more pragmatic and you think he is the right guy? Talk me through it, Gareth. Um, so when I finished bandaging up my wrists after yesterday's show, uh, yesterday's game, um, no, it, it, it was I, I not a show. It's not yeah, quite, it's, it's a tough sell for everyone. I, I, if you want any positives from the game, um, given how dreadful we were against Sheffield United in the second half, at least there was a, you know, a good degree of effort and a bit of, you know, resolute, uh, performance and defending when, uh, uh, Larice and Son got into it around half time. That seemed to stem from a genuine desire to do well and not to, you know, drop any stupid mistakes and and so forth. But it's you know it's not edifying football. Um, a lot of the Spurs team look either sluggish or just 
unengaged tactically. They look bored. They look like they look like I imagine you look like watching it. Yeah, uh, just just soporific and you know just sort of staring glumly. Is this my future? Uh, it's yeah, it's you do wonder. You know, Mourinho's already making noises about oh, I won't get the players that I want in the summer. You know, it's that whole thing yeah. where. He's starting, to, he's starting to circle the wagons as he always does when he knows <laughs> things aren't going well. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's on a very expensive contract and it's going to be there for a while. So he's going to be there you know, all next season, I think, almost without a doubt. So you have to see how it plays out. But I, I think the biggest worry is the kind of long-term damage. What sort of club is he going to leave behind? Yes. What sort of personnel is he going to leave behind? And that's not me being trying to be deliberately like really pessimistic, but we now seen in the last three or four clubs, how this plays out with Mourinho. It, it yeah. 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 Well, absolutely. Well, I mean the, the, I was at the, the game, the first game at the new stadium and the difference in attitude of Spurs fans between now and then, and that isn't long ago at all. No. The difference is, is, is night and day. Uh, Martin, I want to talk to you about Harry Kane. Uh, when did you finish Martin? How old were you when you finished your career? Uh, um, in, in my head or physically? I mean, like, I probably... In actual did, life. Actually, probably about 33. Okay. So, Harry Kane's 27. So, let's say... That's let's say he plays... Sorry. Yeah. Let's say he plays till he's... Same as you. Let's say 33, which isn't that unrealistic given that he's had a series of injuries. Not a great history. So, he's got six more years. How many of those years are you, Martin, as a top-flight Premier League player for Spurs, your your boyhood team... How many of those years are you going to spend under Jose? And are you going to blame, or are you going to get blamed by fans for leaving the club in the state it's at at the moment? That's a really good question. I, I say that because I, I was having to look back and, um, and looking at the years that I enjoyed most as a player. As a, like, obviously, Harry Kane was, has been accomplished for, for many years now. But in his head, he'll be looking at what, what's the best thing that he can achieve and in what space can he do it. And you've got to look at it and say... 28 to 31 is probably your best. It's got to be your best period physically. Yeah. And yeah, you, can yeah, develop, yeah. you can develop into a different sort of player or you can be such a focal point like Ronaldo, but he's a different breed. Um, and very rarely do you get players of that physical and, you know, ability-wise, that sort of yeah, thing, yeah. marrying up those two. So um, I can't... I mean, Spurs fans can be angry. I mean, all football fans are angry now. You know, it's just I, I think, but they can't grumble if he walks. But they wouldn't. The they wouldn't be angry at Harry Kane, though, would they? They'd be they angry can. at the the regime essentially, because it's not just Jose, is it? But you've got to look at um, Daniel Levy here, who seems to have yeah, he's given Harry Kane a, a huge contract and a long contract, but he's also taken taken his eye off the ball in terms of the team in favour of this beautiful new stadium and it is beautiful but what is the point in building a beautiful new arena if you're going to just fill it with this negative sort of draconian football if i'm harry kane and i'm playing in front of the sky cameras against a a pretty weak everton side certainly a dispirited everton side and i'm not even getting a sniff in the box and i'm looking over and looking at united or looking at city or looking at even arsenal I mean, he's never going to go to Arsenal, but you look at Arsenal, they're a team creating chances and seem to be enjoying football again. And no, I don't think anyone would blame Harry Kane. I think they'd blame everything no. around it. Yep. And Gareth, you look at the- you're, you're, a, you're a fan, Gareth. Would you, would you blame... You wouldn't be angry at Harry Kane himself, would you? No. Um, cynically, I would wonder whether actually getting the most financially from him now is actually the right move. I, I do wonder you know, whether he's 
he's peaked already. I, you know, footballers peak a little younger these days. Um, he does have less miles on the clock game wise, but like you said, he's had a lot of ligament. Uh, well, he's got he's got less miles because of the the month he takes off every year from injury. Well, and it's always the same thing. It's always the ankles, which is really yeah. worrying. And yeah, the one that always comes to mind and uh, is is Van Basten, who whose ankles just gave up on him. And you know, yeah, I'm not quite comparing the two, but uh, and it's a different era than playing in Syria in the early '90s, where you got kicked up in the air uh, every yeah. ten minutes. But you know, it's I, I do wonder whether you know Spurs might consider. You know, the unthinkable a year ago and, and look at cashing in, but um, I think you'd have to find a club willing to pay a huge amount of money in a, in an off-season where there's yeah. probably not going to be that amount of money spent. I mean, you know, Timo Werner, uh, was it 60 million euros? That yeah, might well like that. be the high watermark for transfer fees paid, which, by the way, you know, actually looks like a brilliant deal, to be honest, but um, I would be surprised if there were kind of any mega war busting moves. But I guess your so main we, point is, you know, you know, if if he left the club, I mean, Spurs fans have seen this happen a lot. You know, back in the nineties, you know, we, we lost uh, players like you know uh, Barmby and and Sheringham all at various points because they were either dissatisfied with the team or you know just felt there was there was nowhere to go. You know, and then, yeah, yeah, you know, players like Modric and Bale in in the you know in the last ten years when. You know, admittedly, you know, the biggest club in the world comes in for them. But there's there's proof that, you know, Spurs will never be in the highest echelon of clubs. There is always a level up. Yeah. But, I mean, Harry Kane looked like a looked like a prisoner in the game yesterday. He looked like a prisoner of Jose, which is sort of all that all his players look like after a couple of months. Yeah. But he actually right. sort of is a prisoner, isn't he? Because he has got this long contract. And like you say, there's not many clubs out there that in this financial climate post, you know, pandemic... There's less suitors for him. I mean, list me five clubs that Harry Kane could go to, given that his price will be so high because they're dealing with the hardest negotiator in football in Daniel Levy. Where can he? He could he could go to PSG. They could probably afford him, but he's not going to go to there. He's not going to go to PSG. No, he I, maybe I, go to City. Yeah, I, I, he doesn't seem they've very. They've got the FFP thing. Um, I, I think Manchester United would be the clear and obvious one. That's there's a reason why he's been linked to them. Whenever he's linked, it's to Manchester United, and it's because of. The finances, the stature, and also you know the fact that you could see him in that that system a little more than. But he's not going to go there, though, right? And I don't think anyone thinks now yeah. that United will deal with Daniel Levy, given yeah. his injury history, and also given the fact that I think it would be madness for United to go and spend a hundred million pound plus on a striker when we've seen how well they're playing at the moment. No, that's very anyway. true. Um, I would say that Solskjaer has been talking about getting in. Another striking, you know, he constantly refers to the fact that he was at the club playing when there was four, you know, genuine top level strikers. So perhaps that's something yeah, that's true. Push for. That's true. But I, I would imagine they'd go for someone a tier below. I mean, a player I would think of that would suit that place at the minute would be uh, Jimenez at Wolves, you know, mm-hmm. proper number nine, not dissimilar to Kane in a lot of ways, but about 100 million quid cheaper. Yeah. Um, Martin, any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I just want to add, I mean, the. Remember what Levy was like with Bale, and Bale was at the very top of his game, yeah. and obviously they cashed in and did well. But yeah, they're not going to change their their mentality. And and you know, another friend of the pod, Miguel Delaney, he wrote extensively on Jose's lack of interest in working on forward pattern of play uh, and the intricacies that 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 needs. I mean, when he when he went first went to Spurs and just picked his best right best forward players, it all worked. 
But beyond that, you need you need a bit more of a plan, and they don't seem to have that. Can either of you explain to me what happened between Son and Lloris? Because I I literally just saw I was watching any sort of match via the highlights, and they seem to have a bit of a disagreement. Yeah, uh, it, it it wasn't actually a big deal. Essentially, uh, Son failed to track back right at the end of the the half, and uh, um, I can't remember who it was for for Everton had a clear shot on goal, uh, Richarlison, and just pulled it wide, but. Larice was essentially just making a point that, you know, Son has defensive duties and I think Son took a bit of umbrage to it and there, there was a bit of a flare-up. But um, by the start of the second half, there was visible hugging and and, and handshakes. So, of course, um, a lot of boys right there. Absolutely. And Marino then turned it into a positive how It was great that, you know, he, he was asking the players to demand more of themselves and of each other. So, you know, yeah. it shows that they were willing to fight for club, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, All I mean, the I, usual Mourinho nonsense. Yeah, I'd just be happy with, I mean, I'd love it if Sonny just gone up to him, just just don't drink drive, mate. Just don't drink drive <laughs> and turn up for training and games pissed and we'll probably be better. But there you go. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, where it's coming from me. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. Yeah. The... Uh... I guess what, what would you be the elder statesman of the dressing room? I suppose, Grit, sort of the dear Deirdre type figure. Um, we talked talked about United briefly a minute ago. Um, they look like a fun team to watch again, don't they? They've probably been the best side this post uh, post break, haven't they? Yeah, Gareth, you go ahead, mate. Uh, what what are your thoughts as a Spurs fan watching the way that United United have finally spent their way to get, making it work? Um. It's strange. I, I I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, I think Solskjaer is probably not as bad as he was being, uh, you know, thrown the brickbats at a few months ago, and he's not quite as good now as the revisionists are queuing up to to say he's got. He has got an incredibly good team, and uh, you know the the, the 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 purchase of Bruno Fernandes has been really savvy, and it's rare to see one player come in and change a club that big so dramatically. And then magically, you know, Paul Pogba is both fit and and uh, you know full of enthusiasm again. And you suspect yeah. he's had a conversation where he's realised that he's maybe not moving in the summer. And if he wants to go and you know play in the Euros and and keep his place in the national team, and you know, and this is these are obviously his salad days as a player. You know, he's approaching his peak as well. Then you know he, yeah. he's obviously back to it. They, you know, their defence is still a little, you know, a little rickety. Um, and yes. I'm not sure. I'd say a lot, a lot rickety. I'd say. A lot rickety. Yeah. But Let's put it back to rickety. you. Let's put it back to you, Mark. I know you're a, a, a keen observer. Also, that they've got. It's quite interesting now because the signings they're going to make seem seem as though they're players that could add something to it, uh, rather than just yeah. be just be marquee signings because they almost feel Absolutely. like they've got a team that can do something. Yeah, I mean they had those um, they had those sort of Van Gaal years where they did that whole. Galacticos light sort of uh, transfer policy where they were buying the offcuts from Real Madrid instead of buying the the ones that Madrid would go for initially. And it never really worked, you know. I mean, they were obviously really good players with really good um, records. You know, Falcao, for example, or Di Maria. Falcao, okay, they got him at the wrong time. But they signed all these players and this is the crucial thing with Solskjaer compared to like Jose at Spurs. And by the way, the difference between those two teams in the last year is unreal. But yeah. the difference of having Oli, someone who is very positive, who is someone who, and I hate this phrase normally, but he understands the club that he's managing. He understands the ethos of what the fans want because he is, you know, at the end of the day, 
a fan of the club. So he gets the philosophy. And I'm not really sure I agree with you, Gareth, about saying you're not he might not be the guy going forward or he might not be as good as people are currently saying. Because I don't think that's that relevant at the minute. I think it was all about just being a buffer to make sure you get that feel-good factor back in the club. And crucially, to bring through players and improve them, by the way. He's really improved a lot of players in that team. He's improved a lot of players who are exactly the sort of players fans want to see. Players who get fans off their feet. And that that will give you so much time as a manager. That will allow you defensive uh, problems. You know, if you're a fan of United, you might watch them and go, well, Harry Maguire had a tough one or De Gea's not doing too well. But they scored five. They scored five against Bournemouth. They scored three against Brighton. All right, Bournemouth are awful. But Brighton are pretty solid. And to go away and do that, I think it's just, it's, it's chalk and cheese from the start of this season even. And I think they've done, uh, I think he's done a tremendous job. And whether he's there for five years or whether he's there for five months, I think it's probably been a really positive thing in the history of United. That's a fair comment. So one thing with um, uh, Ole, I I was kind of thinking of of, of similar sort of manager types and, you know, obviously not quite as renowned now, but he does kind of almost remind, remind me a little bit of someone like Carlo Ancelotti who comes in and just seems to have a fairly calming presence, and the players like like to have him there. Um, yes, and you know, obviously, Ancelotti's won a lot of things, and you don't want to directly compare. And a, a similar one is uh, Vicente del Bosque, uh, who was kind of famous at Real Madrid just for not upsetting the apple cart and just finding yeah. a way to keep all the egos and big players involved. And I mean, admittedly, he then went and took on the Spanish national team pretty well there. But I guess sometimes there's a lot to be said for a good custodian as much as a sort of dynamic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Well, we'll take a, a short break. But after the break, I want to talk about another manager who has really turned things around in the last six months, and that's uh, Ralph Hasenhutl at Southampton. Uh, so stay tuned. In the meantime, listen to our wonderful sponsor. Have we got a sponsor, Martin? Is this a sponsored advert coming up, or what? Is well, it just a regular advert? Well, just adverts. Let's have a listen. Just an advert. Have a listen. Don't buy the product if you don't want it. Do if you do. <laughs> If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. All right, welcome back. Second half of the Whistleblowers. We are going to pick up on the manager chat again. A couple of managers that have resurrected themselves uh none more so than Hasenhutl at, at Southampton Mark uh, have you been impressed with his resurgence since that since that absolute pumping 9-0 in that does that that doesn't even feel like this season does it it doesn't feel like this decade <laughs> uh it was uh yeah so when was that it was October wasn't it so end of October they lose at home on Sky on a Friday night in front of a lot of people witnessing an awful brutal murder 
and <laughs> you assume Hasenhutl would be nice. sacked. <laughs> Thank you. Would be uh, would be sacked within you know a couple of hours, maybe a couple of days, certainly within the week. But they didn't sack him. They stuck with him. And their form since the new year, and in fact since November, has been absolutely fantastic. Um, their their performance against Man City on Sunday, I thought, first of all, was probably one of the best games of the, the season since the restart. But defensively, as a unit, the organisation of that team, and you know what it's like, Martin, they've, they've taken an absolute hammering to Leicester a few months ago. That's traumatic for a football. That's traumatic for a team. And what they've done is so impressive to come through that and to stick together as a unit and to continue doing the things that Hassan Hootel wants from them. And that performance on Sunday, it was it was so fitting that it was on the BBC in front of the biggest ever Premier League um, viewing figures. Yeah, I, I was just really blown away and just really, really impressed. And I, I wonder if there is a, you know, obviously finances are going to be tighter post uh, post pandemic and i wonder if there'll be more chairmen and more boards more willing to give managers longer time because otherwise you're just going to be keep paying out compensation every time and i wonder if i mean ollie we talked about in the first half ollie's another example he could have been sacked this time last year couldn't he and they stuck with him and now they're getting results so maybe it's time for managers to get more more chance obviously not jose but generally speaking (laughs) yeah definitely i totally agree i i I admire it and and i know that southampton are set up that way where the you know the club hasn't. You know they've been able to bring in new managers, and it's 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 they've tried to keep some sort of continuity there. But what they have done is developed that squad. Uh, they've made money where they can out of players, but they've they've kept some really key players that they brought through their youth setup, which has always been kind of very well thought of and produced some brilliant players. Um, just really exciting, and the recruitment policy. They've signed some great young European players that they've let develop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always takes a season or two. And and Gareth, I know that we like you know that. Some of the young players there that, that that surely must have impressed you, but at the same time, like you, Spurs have been a club that have, have benefited massively from Southampton over the years, so you must be an admirer. Oh, I understand. I mean, yeah, they. The point you made about regardless of who the manager is, the club structure remains the same is is really important. And I mean, specifically with Hassan Hutel, the um, the the manage, the, the manager has. Implemented this playing style, you know, notably, and it's been discussed a lot, after the last defeat, he went back to his preferred formation that he tried and then ditched, and he stuck with it. And he actually brought in, you know, different personnel. He brought in Jack Stevens, who's been playing a lot. Jack Stevens, I don't think, is particularly good. Uh, mm. However, it just works. Yeah, yeah. System, um, which, you know, shows that, you know, when when you've got it sussed as a manager, when you can find, you know, the most efficient way to success it, it really does tell. And the other thing to note is that, you know, um, Hoiberg, who's been really key this year, is now not in the side because he's essentially wants to move and he wants to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so forth, but it hasn't knocked him out their stride at all, which again, I think just speaks to, mm. speaks to the structure. And I, I guess even more than Spurs fans, the, I think the club who has done, who've done the uh, best out of uh, Southampton players is, is Liverpool with Mane and, via Celtic, uh, Van Dyke. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we should uh, reserve special praise for Southampton keeper Alex McCarthy, who I thought was... Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was an unbelievable performance. That, <laughs> that was great. I, I read a stat after the game that said that um, Southampton uh, conceded as many shots in that 1-0 victory against Man City as they did in the 9-0 loss to Leicester. Oh, Wow. 
Yeah, I 24 shots great. in both games and nine went in and one and the other one was a clean sheet. So unbelievable. He was just fantastic. And I think when you've got a keeper in form like that, just the confidence radiates from him, doesn't it? Yeah, they've signed some great keepers. Haven't they? They've been able to keep players, you know, Fraser Foster was a was a great uh, goalkeeper for them over the years and they've, they, they, they've generally done done very well. I, that, there's a couple of the other young, exciting players I can't... That Gineppo, whenever I've seen Gineppo play, yes. he's exciting and there's something about him I think he could go on but Gareth you're totally right when he took out uh, Hoiberg and players like Will Smallbone and players like that go in and just do a job but also kind of develop and then he, he gives them a chance to keep their place it's right it's quite encouraging Buffal as well was a brilliant midfielder that's, that just has a, something a little bit extra and a, a, a very comparable to Leicester in that respect with the way that they brought through some of their players you know like Tielemans and and guys that just kind of come from nowhere, but all of a sudden you're like, wow, these, you know, they've got, they've got match winners. They've got some real match winners there. And we've not even mentioned Ings in all of this. And Ings has been phenomenal this season. Yeah. Um, right. I want to talk about something yep. that happened uh, in one of tonight's games, the Chelsea Palace game. Um, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Chelsea's opening goal, Olivier Giroud. Um, in the build up, uh, Gary Cahill, the former Chelsea centre back and now Palace centre back, went down with a hamstring injury and William. Not sure he saw it, but continued with the game, and they scored directly from that. Now, uh, have you seen that goal, first of all? Yes. You've both seen it. So Twitter, being Twitter, has obviously blown up. People getting upset, saying Chelsea should have kicked the ball out or whatever. Yes, there's a player down injured. Um, All right, Mike, let's start with you, Martin. Would you have... What would you expect to happen in that situation? If if you're a Chelsea player, if you're Giroud, you're carrying on, you're scoring, aren't you? Yeah, get on with it. I think that... What happened there was because the passage of play had gone beyond him. If if he was if he was down injured and they were attacking and they were attacking him, well starting in their own half or something. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. would feel like they were taking an advantage of the situation. Whereas, I think given another ten seconds or a bit further up the pitch, you might go, "Oh, it feels like they're not," you know, because if if he had just slipped over, he might have got back in. But there was no way of him getting back in there if he was fit yeah. or not. So, um, but yeah, interesting because as you said, the, the Twitter mob was straight onto it, aren't they? Yeah, of course they are. Gareth, sentiments similar to Martin's there? Yeah, and uh, especially this goal, it, it happened so quickly. Like the the goal was scored maybe two and a half seconds after the actual injury. So yeah, right. there wasn't even time to kind of... What do you want him to do? Yeah. Um, I, did, I, I worried a little bit that, that uh, Lampard was going to do the uh, frankly annoying thing if you've got Chelsea centre-backs in your fantasy team of letting the opposition score immediately. That would have ruined my entire life, maybe. Um, are there any examples, Martin, from your playing career of, we can't really call it shit or can we? But anything similar to that happening when you were playing? Do you know what? Just before I signed for Chesterfield, there's a Jack Lester who played up front. They, they had these horrible matches. They had like about three, it felt like three games anyway. I'm pretty sure there was like two different replays against Barrow. Um, and when this is when Barrow were like one of the, just a, a, a really tough team to play in the competition. Well, they always have been. But um they had, I think, Barrow had clawed their way back into it and then Chesterfield had kind of won the other one. Anyway, um, a player got injured, Chesterfield kicked the ball out, so they threw the ball to Jack and Jack was just kicking it back to the keeper, but he put a bit much on it and chipped the, key- chipped the keeper. And then, <laughs> just being a bit of a sarky sod, he's celebrating, <laughs> he put his arm in the air. But Barrow players just have zero, se- well, they had zero sense of humour at the time and then just went to like swinging for him. So then, Chesterfield wow. got a bit chippy and went, well, fuck you. Because it's like, well, <laughs> we have to give it back. Cause, and he was like, well, do we? And then there was this weird bit where Chesterfield took a bit too long to give them the goal back. And then it went to like a third horrible 
uh, replay, and I yeah, chest full. I think Jack was sent off in that in the next one, and um, it was just like the most ill-tempered. It's amazing how those little moments can just be the yeah, yeah, yeah. the catalyst for so many other horrible things in the game. And it's like it's it's almost like road rage. You know these kind of improbable anger, this improbable anger that can rise up in you, and you're just not and because of an injustice, a perceived injustice, and it's actually completely, you know. I, 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 a tiny problem that should a little been. insight there into Martin Griffin on the motorway. The, uh, yeah, how riled up he gets. I'm, the one... very, I'm very chill, mate. I just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm constantly amazed <laughs> by the anger in others. So I signed just after this, and it was like all a bit, yeah, it was all a bit needly. So I'm sure a simple, a simple Google of Jack Lester and Barrow will bring up some beautiful uh, uh, footage and match reports because that, and I'm pretty sure Barrow did one of those ones. Well, well I'm not sure the. They did, but I'm sure uh, you know when the floodlights fail about 68 minutes after when you get beat, um, and it's like, oh, that's that's convenient. But uh, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. that was a, that was factored into it as well. I think that's why one of the games got replayed. But there you go. Um, that sort of shit houseery uh, is endlessly amusing unless you have to play in one of those matches. Yeah, so, and we can't so, compare the uh, the the one tonight to that. I don't think. No, no, absolutely the, not. The one I remember, which is great for fans of real sort of niche football statistics, I think took place in the last ever England B International, which is um, so Rob Green. This was 2006, just for the World Cup. And uh, Rob Green was uh, playing and he, I think, did a really, really nice injury, like maybe even like ruptured his thigh or something similar um, and was lying down in goal, you know, clearly like really badly injured. And then from 40 yards out, a uh, Albanian player just pings it in from 40 yeah, yards. Finish. Good <laughs> and finish. Celebrating. And it's just like, <laughs> what? Um, and, you know, I, I don't know whether that was any reason why they stopped playing England being to that. Like, <laughs> Imagine. I'm pretty sure that game was specifically just Sophia Walcott to get a game before the World Cup. Obviously, that was when oh, he was thank God. Like, age 16 or 17. But, yeah, I, for some reason, you know, that was a point where I would watch any anything, and yeah, watching an Albanian player celebrating a uh, an ill-gotten goal was quite impressive. It would say yes, in the record, but it would say in the record. It would just have his name next to it, and that's yeah, that's the beauty of it. That's I wonder, all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's finish uh, with Jack Grealish, if you oh. don't mind. Um, Jack Grealish, don't know about you, but I rate him extremely highly. Uh, I think he is in a very bad Aston Villa side, still managed to be sort of a talismanic figure. And I think he's been very impressive this season on the field, not so much off. Um, it looks like he's probably going to leave. But again, similar to the Harry Kane situation, I think he has a very limited number of teams he could join. Uh, Martin, if you're Jack Grealish, what are you doing? Oh, straight up the road, straight up the M6 to Manchester. Man United would be an absolute dream move for him. I think he's... He's the perfect. He's, he's the perfect opportunity. The players that he would be replacing, you know, your Pereira and um, what's his name, uh, Danny. Uh, what's his name? I'm not. Um, who am I thinking Dan, of? Danny Welbeck, is it? No, no. Who am I thinking of? Who was good? Oh, not telling you. How, not how telling you. Was um, Lingard, Jay Lings. Uh, <laughs> Lings. Oh, hang on. So, but, 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 yeah, but Martin, but Martin, this is why he can't make that move. You can't. You can't go and spend seventy odd million quid on on a club captain and play him as a second fiddle. You can't, you can't play off the bench. You can't, you can't start 15 games a season. Can he? I don't think you will. I think you'll give him the opportunity to uh, earn his right to play there. I mean, who's he going to replace? 
well, Pogba. You got to fight for the. You got to fight well, for your place in that team. Do you know what I mean? You're assuming, about... assuming Pogba is staying, which I think it looks like he is, for the exact same reason because no one else can afford him for a year. No, no, no. I can't. I can't see Grealish getting in ahead of Pogba, and certainly not Fernandez. And if he plays in the, he, and the other well, thing, Ashley is, Young, for, for Villa, he's playing off the off the left hand side anyway, which is where Rashford's playing, and Rashford's not getting dropped. Well, look at this year, but players can get injured quite easily, and then like look, Ashley yeah, Young course. went there. Ashley Young went to Man United and made himself a club captain. Who would have thought that would happen? Mm. Yeah, that is true. And I just think Grealish is the same guy. Signing from uh, Villa to Man United. Yeah, but that was for a specific. They needed a striker, right? My point is, Grealish. I absolutely love him, and I think he would. He would thrive for England if he was, you know, playing for a regular elite side. I just don't see how he can get in that United side, and I don't see it being a good move. I'd even say that Man City is a better choice for him. No, I mean, I have one. I have a suggestion. Yes, go on. Up and coming side, great manager, brilliant tactics. Maybe need that X factor. Think how good he would look at Wolves. Oh, Ooh. hello. Villa, yeah. love that. Villa to Wolves, though. <laughs> oh. Imagine. Imagine that. He'd have to stop wearing them short socks. Had to pull them right way up his legs and over his face so no one can see him. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that, that, had it not been a geographical problem, I think, yes, that that would be a superb addition. Yeah. Oh, would you have him at Spurs, Gareth? Um, yeah, to be honest, I would. A year ago, I was very unsure, but he's been so good this year in the Premier League. and. Yeah. Like you said, just not in a good team and wants the ball and wants to create something is and really brave, a really brave footballer and you know, they're quite rare, it feels like. Better than Lamella. Better than Lamella. I love Lamella. Don't I love Lamella. Don't test my Lamella love, but you know, he's been there for seven years and it's never quite worked out. Fair play. All right. Well that yeah. seems like a that seems like a nice place to put a bullet point in it there, Mark. Yeah, let's let's uh what a depressing way to end it. Lamella's terrible injury record. <laughs> all right, well, so that's it, I suppose. Um, all right, Gareth Dobson, thanks for joining us. Pleasure, thank you. Martin Gritton, what a good thanks. lad you are. Thanks for doing the legwork, Smudger. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, we'll be back uh, same time next week, I guess. In a bit. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.